From the Museum of Science, Boston, this is Pulsar, a podcast where we answer questions from you, our audience. I'm your host, Eric O'Day. Recently, we received a question from Krista, who asked about the amazing abilities of axolotls. We thought, why not dedicate an episode to these unique animals and ask a scientist who studies their superpowers to tell us all about them? My guest today is Dr. Fallon Durant, a postdoctoral fellow in stem cell and regenerative biology at Harvard University's Whited Lab. Dr. Durant, thank you so much for joining us on Pulsar today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So let's start from the beginning. Tell us what an axolotl is. Happy to. So an axolotl is a type of salamander. And salamanders are types of amphibians. So their life cycle is pretty similar to other amphibians like frogs. Salamanders lay their eggs in water and their young are born without legs. So they resemble tadpoles at first. And most salamanders undergo a process called metamorphosis, which is just a fancy word for one body type changing into a very different one. And you might have heard of this when learning about how tadpoles metamorphose into frogs or when caterpillars turn into butterflies. So salamanders go through a really similar process and they go through massive changes when they become adults to change from an animal that lives in water to becoming one that lives on land. But axolotls are a very special type of salamander, and they are what we call neotenic, which means that they stay in their larval state or their young state for their entire lives. So they live in water for their entire lifetime. They grow legs and they become actually quite large. On average, they grow to be about a foot in length but they maintain their dorsal fin and they maintain their external gills. So you've probably seen these sticking out of their head in these fringe-like structures. And they continue to be excellent swimmers and underwater breathers. Now, where do they live? Do we have any axolotls anywhere around here? Nowhere around here unless they're in a laboratory or in someone's house as a pet. <laughs> so naturally, they're found in Mexico. They once lived in two separate lakes there. And unfortunately, one of those lakes was drained due to flood control. And then urbanization also contributed to lots of problems, including the introduction of certain fish species like tilapia and carp into the lake that was their primary habitat or home. And unfortunately, these types of fish eat young axolotls. So the combination of the flood control changing their one lake habitat to being primarily a canal system that's very swamp-like and the fact that they're young are getting eaten by these fish, they're now very critically endangered. And what we really want to talk about today is this amazing ability that axolotls have. So what makes them so unique? What is an axolotl's superpower? So I would say that the axolotl superpower is they have an amazing ability to regenerate. So they can regenerate their arms, their legs, their tail, parts of their heart and brain and spinal cord, which is really remarkable because these are things that humans do not do quite as well. <laughs> and so we have a lot to learn from these animals because naturally they're able to do this themselves 
from the time that they are very, very young and even through adulthood. So how does an axolotl actually go about regenerating a limb? It's a really cool process. So the first thing that happens is when there's an injury to an axolotl, so say they lost a limb, for example. In this case, what happens is first there will be a blood clot and then a very thin layer of skin will form over the surface of the wound. And this layer of skin underneath it over the next few days, a bunch of cells will start to rapidly divide. Once they rapidly divide, they'll start to form the shape of a cone. And all of the cells that are within this cone are what we call blastema cells. So this cone-shaped structure is called a blastema, which is something that humans do not make when we experience injuries. And all of these cells start to rapidly divide until the cells will begin to differentiate, which means they begin to regain an identity that they once lost, telling the cells, oh, I'm going to become a bone cell. I'm going to become a muscle cell. And they all communicate with one another in order to start to make a little tiny miniature limb that eventually grows to be an exact replica of the limb that was once lost. Can't tell them apart. So it ends up being good as new. Good as new. So can you tell us a little bit about the lab and the research that you're doing? What are you trying to learn from these animals and their amazing abilities? First off, it takes a massive team of highly trained professionals in order to successfully conduct this kind of research with the axolotls. So obviously it's our primary importance to make sure that the animals are safe and healthy and happy living in our laboratory. And that means that we have to have a highly skilled animal care staff who include veterinarians, scientists, non-science professionals, and animal care technicians who dedicate their entire careers to making sure that our science is sound. And any medical procedures that the animals experience are performed by highly trained staff who must be approved by this massive committee in the first place to make sure that the animals are properly cared for. And so primarily what our lab is trying to understand is how they are able to achieve these superpowers from a molecular level. And really what I mean by that is I'm trying to understand what information from their DNA the axolotls are using in order to do things like regenerating a limb, for example. And axolotls also have other really great superpowers other than regeneration. For example, they do not scar. It's not something that they experience, which is really impressive. I mean, humans, we have probably about 100 million patients per year who experience fibrosis and scarring, which can lead to really significant complications for a lot of these people. And these animals have solved that problem entirely. They can do it on their own. They don't experience this at all. So if I can understand what pieces of their DNA are helping them prevent scarring naturally, hopefully we can develop therapeutics for humans someday that will either prevent scarring or treat scars that have already formed. They're very highly resistant to getting cancer. So there's also some really impressive opportunities out there to understand the way that axolotls are able to inhibit cancer naturally so that we can create therapeutics for cancer patients in the future too. 
So beyond just kind of being curious about the superpower, studying it might actually benefit people's lives a great deal. Oh, absolutely. I think that there are going to be some really important medical advances that are going to come out of this research someday. And it's going to take a long time. I mean, if you think about in the case of trying to learn how a human can regenerate a limb, that's going to take the work and funding for a lot of different labs, a lot of different smart people coming together in order to figure out how all of this works. And I think that will be a massive undertaking that we'll achieve eventually, but it'll take a very, very long time. But I think that, you know, for things like scarring or cancer, I think that those potential discoveries are right at our fingertips. I think that we'll be able to get more knowledge that we need in order to benefit medicine just by understanding what some of these genes or pieces of genetic information are in order to make a difference. Dr. Durant, thank you so much for coming on Pulsar and talking to us all about axolotls. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and happy to share. If you've never met an axolotl in person, you can get an up-close look at the Hall of Human Life in the green wing of the Museum of Science. If you'd like to have one of your questions answered by a visiting expert or a Museum of Science educator, you can email them to sciencequestions at mos.org. If you enjoyed this episode of Pulsar, don't forget to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or on Spotify, as well as leaving a rating or review for us. That's it for this episode of Pulsar. Join us again soon.